Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty. On Licking Non-Vanilla, with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. So hello everybody, you've reached Licking Non-Vanilla once again. I am uh, one of your hosts, my name is Ralph Greco Jr. And across the aisle, across the country from me is... Stanley Murgatroyd III, lo- uh, located in Hamburg, Germany. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sad. No, this is Chris. Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian from Eugene, Oregon. Not quite as elegant right, as that. Not as, but, not as crazy. Now, today, Chris, we're lucky enough to be joined by Lance Hart, and we're going to talk to Lance about all the incredible things he's into. And let me just tell you a little bit about Lance before before uh, we, we start talking. Lance is a, he's up for a multiple alt porn, alt porn awards nomination uh for the second year in a row um and that's for best male performer of the year he won in 2019 and um he's also up for best alt porn membership site for his highly original female domination site uh it's called uh, sweet femdom we're going to talk about that and he's working on a new line called perv out and he has done gay straight fetish bi trans and everything in between <laughs> over his 10 years and he's worked for Kink.com, Gender X, Fetish Force, Wasteland, uh, Icon Mail. I mean, this is a guy who's just seen it and done it. So we're going to get a lot of insight <laughs> from him. So, Lance, let's first say hi and how you doing out there. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, just, you know, doing pornographer life in a pandemic. Yeah, you know? Well, so, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so, I, so, Lance, you're into a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, is it, is it a case of the fact that you do, you perform a lot of people and and in a lot of different ways and approaches that gives uh, one added value in in the scene? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just do. I didn't have a plan when I started porn. I, I started. Uh, I got recruited to do gay porn. Okay. And uh, it was. I had a long string of uh, failing at everything I tried. Okay. So, <laughs> like career-wise, and uh, and I, I, I never not worked. I always, but I would get fired all the time. I mean, all like. Like every other month, it was like, oh, got to get another job. And then uh, the next day, I'd be at the mall doing something different or right, at right. a construction site or in an office. And then I eventually went to college. and did Anyway, so I yeah. uh, just never really found what I was good at. And then someone asked me to do a gay porn. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I've done, I would, you know, last week I was a water aerobics instructor. So sure, I'll try gay porn, you know. <laughs> and, um, and then... Uh, I ended up really liking it and they signed me for a contract for a couple of years. And then mm-hmm. once I was out of the contract, um, I like, I like dudes, but I like women, but I kind of lean more towards like women and trans women. Okay. So I wanted to start, um, my own production and I was in Florida and I started booking people. And then I found out that it's kind of against the rules to do gay porn and straight porn. Like you're supposed to pick one. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. What? So... Uh, I didn't know that though. No one told me that. Yeah, I didn't so, know that either. <laughs> so, so that put me in a boat where I was like, "Well, I guess if I'm gonna do the porn I want to do, I have to produce it myself." Yeah. You know? And uh, so I had to learn how to how to do that. How, how do you make your own porn and make a profit mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff? And uh, you know, and I'm gonna say hi to my wife real quick. I, to, I forgot I was on a podcast. No, oh, say hi. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Oh, you do. So, so, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, well, so then I'll, so I'll figure it, out cigarettes later. What's interesting yeah, to yeah, yeah. Sorry, I did, I forgot. I forgot I was on the podcast. That's okay. I know you got you got. Yeah. Hey, look, the wife's there. You're gonna say <laughs> so, hi. Talk to both my wife. Exactly. So we're like doing the just about to leave town. So, so um, but uh, anyway, so sorry, the, we're fig- figuring it out. You know, um. Uh, anyway, so I, I, long story short, I didn't know what kind of porn, you know, I didn't have a plan like, oh, I'm going to be the most versatile guy in porn ever. I just yeah. kind of 
did my own thing. You know what I mean? Um, and shot what I wanted to shoot. And thank God it's been profitable and it's worked out. But that's made me kind of the guy to cast in, you know, trans scenes and bi scenes and stuff where it's hard to find guys that'll do them because they typically either do gay or straight, you know? So, so would you say, because Chris, this is interesting. You, I, I'm almost like, it's almost like not a prejudice, but it's almost like, well, if you do one, you can't do the other. And I never knew that. You right. know? Me too. I never heard of that. Yeah, no, it's it's a thing, and it's less of a thing now than it used to be. Very, very recently, okay. but um, no, yes, yeah, it's, it's totally a thing. It, it's because, um, uh, I mean, to put it bluntly, uh, uh, white girls aren't allowed to have HIV, just like according to the world. Yeah. Like if you're a white white girl and you have HIV, you can't tell anyone ever. I mean, that's yeah. like the stigma would be brutal. And uh, the the stigma says that would ruin your life forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can be a gay man, you can have HIV, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And then if you're um, any other kind of a niche, it's like a little more acceptable. Mm -hmm. But as a policy, you know, Earth says keep HIV away from white girls. Interesting, right? If you do, uh, you know, if I'm doing gay porn. The, and the assumption is that's where all the HIV is. Yeah. And then I go do a straight porn. They're like, well, you can't do that. What if you brought it over here? Right. You know, yeah. so that's the, that's the stigma. Um, and fortunately due to, you know, science is, is real. And, uh, in the, you know, there's testing in place and now there's, uh, you know, medicine that can make, uh, anyone with HIV undetectable and live a completely normal life and live just as long as anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. but the stig, the stigma is still there, Yeah, you know, yeah. and most people don't know, at least, uh, most straight people I talk to don't know that if someone, you know, has HIV, they can become undetectable with medication and you can have sex with them and you'll never get HIV. It's totally impossible for them to pass it on to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's still, you know, just like people are scared of spiders or scared of heights, they're scared of HIV. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you can't make them not be. That's true. So, that's true. So that's how it goes, you know? Chris, you uh, got- but yeah. that puts me in a kind of a supply and demand benefit because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I can do all this stuff because I believe in science and I feel safe about it. So so I, I get to produce the porn that a lot of people can't. Oh, okay. So it's kind of cool. So- well, it's good. I mean, it's like it's, it's wonderful that you have to take, take something like that and make a positive out of it and actually – you know, try and be a force for, for better, which I think is totally admirable. Thanks, man. Well, it's good to be positive, and the whole outreach culture, camps culture thing just doesn't go anywhere. So it's better to just – there's always an advantage. It, you know, it's just different um, different rules sometimes, you mm-hmm. know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. To, so you, you think more or less you, you – it was the mother of – like necessity was the mother of invention for you to like – start with perv out and all that kind of stuff. Cause you just figured, well, let me, let me do this on my own. So I have more control and then I can do whatever the hell I want. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of, that was just what I was left with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, honestly, just like before I was in porn, um, you know, I got fired at a diner one day. So the next day it was like, uh, maybe I'll try being a valet Parker, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, okay, if I'm a valet Parker, I can go back to school and I can take the night shift and I can do my homework while, because there's no cars to park, yeah. you know, while I'm at work. So you just do what you got. You do what you can with what you got. Just kind of yeah. scrapping along. Um, so just, you know, whatever assets you have, you just do your best with it. And that's kind of, if you never stop, if you're like, uh, no, I'm not going to sit home on my couch and smoke weed and watch cartoons and complain about the situation. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm like, yeah, I'm not actually work. Um, you end up building something. So, right. so the results I got were now I, I own Pervout, which is uh, currently it's just a network of my sites, um, yeah. which is currently small. It's two sites. I'm about to start a bi site, a bisexual site called okay. bifuck.com. Um, so that'll be my third site, and then maybe in a year or two I might try to do a straight site, give it a go. So, I'm, I'm, and that's all I really want, just four sites on a network, um, you know, four membership sites, and then DVD lines with all of those. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and currently I just, I was, my DVD line was Lance Art Studios. Um, I was working through a distributor. I've decided to just distribute my own stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm just going to rebrand that as Pervout too. So just kind of put everything under the Pervout roof, you know, mm-hmm. um, do that. You know, at one point Pervout was a, this is a very confusing story, but at one point it was a network of a hundred <laughs> sites and it was all, each site was independently owned by like 
another performer friend of mine. Yeah. And I just ho- I hosted it all and did all the merchant processing and helped him shoot and taught him how to get traffic and this and that. Um, that became just a bear to manage, and it was just kind of like, eh, this isn't working out. So yeah, <laughs> now, yeah, now it's just my stuff. For sure. Know? But uh, but it was a fun project. I learned a lot doing that. Chris, jump in here. You got anything for Lance specifically? Oh, I mean, it's like, I mean, Ralph and I were talking before we we, we, we called you, um, Lance, about like, you know, inter- you're talking to you. It's like, it's not what you've done, but what you haven't done. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, one thing I, I'm particularly curious about, because you touched on this a little bit, is like, I mean, that's what's cool about, you know, technology nowadays is we can, you can, you can do things like basically produce your own movies and such, but is there anything you'd like to see changed overall with the adult enter- entertainment industry right now? Or do you think it's kind of on the path to improving? I think it's in a good place. Everybody's so mad right now about, ah, the porn's so crazy and our industry is so terrible, but we're in a good place where every people are talking now about stuff they used to not talk about. Um, about like racism and abuse and stuff like that. And, um, you know, what can you do? Like ideally, yeah, I'd love for terrible people to not be in our industry, but I think anybody would say that about any industry, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if I, you know, if I was a, uh, if I was in the podcast business, I'm sure there's some people you guys would be like, God, why do these jerks have to be in the same boat as us why can't they they're so unethical they're terrible people why can't we just get them out but what are you gonna do you can't you know we're not the mob we're not gonna go beat people up and kick them out so um so that being said i think we're in a good place um bad stuff definitely happens but uh but at least people are talking about it now you know um (laughs) so it's good and it's a better time than ever for people to start their own businesses you know build their own Mm -hmm. equity um, now that, you know, there's, uh, some of the platforms are really working out like the Pornhub model program and the only fans and the just for fans things. Um, there are so many people making a decent living, just doing their own thing at home, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge, uh, power exchange. You know, it used to be, you had to get booked by a big studio. Now you People who will never get booked by a big studio, and they don't care. They're making two hundred k a year, you know. Yeah, right. No, yeah. Chris and I talk mm-hmm. about this. You know, the more the more that the producer or of the content can directly, in, you know, interact with his audience or his audience, her audience, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it becomes a, a healthy conduit. Then, you know, and, and yeah, everybody benefits. It, it 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 does create new problems, but I just I like it. I think we're in a good place. Like a new problem is say you have a a couple that lives at home together and they just shoot together and that's all they do. And then now they're making big money. So they reach out to another couple that also shoots at home and that's all they do. And no one's ever, they've never been exposed to another or an actual production company or rules or, you know, general best practices. Mm -hmm. So now you put them in each other's apartments collaborating together and shit's going to go bad in a lot of ways all yeah. the time. I mean, it, it just is. Um, and that's not just sex work. That's any industry. If you have one guy that uh, is a painter, taught himself how to paint houses, and another guy is uh, almost an electrician, like can kind of just get by, mm-hmm. and the two of them get together and, and start taking gigs on Backpage, um, shit's going to get bad, man. People are going to get hurt. You know, it's dangerous. Someone's going to have a power saw accident. You know what I mean? Like bad shit's going to happen, but good shit's going to happen too. Um, And so I think we just have to have our expectations okay. When people are thinking we need, you know, uh, zero tolerance for bad stuff to happen in sex work. It's like that's never going to happen. But we just have to try Mm -hmm. our best to educate Mm -hmm. each other and not shame each other if an amateur couple does something wrong, don't beat them up. Just right. say, hey, just so you know, we actually use STD tests, yeah. you know, or whatever, you know, or we, you know, could talk about consent before we put things in each other's butts and make sure, yeah, you yeah. know, that you, this and that, you know. Right. Um, so I think if everybody's just trying to help each other, it'll work out fine, you know. Hey, you know, Chris was, what Chris said before about Lance, you seem to have done, you know, what, what hasn't, what haven't you done? So I guess that's the question then. What haven't you done that you want to do in, in, in adult stuff? Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> you, I wanted to, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of doing all the stuff I want to do, but like I said, I, I want to get this bisexual site off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'd like to do, um, I don't know, more, more different kinds of shoots with it. Like, like I've rarely had a shoot where I have four performers or five performers on set. Um, and obviously now with COVID, that's not a great time to do that, but Mm -hmm. down the road, eventually I'd like to have some bigger shoots with extras and stuff and just take a little more time to make movies. Uh, I, I tend to crank them out really fast. Um, (laughs) so it'd be cool to like have a couple shoots a year where I go big and try to make like a full feature. You know, I I do make features, but I do it really, really fast. So if I could, you know, take my time and try to make like an action bomb level movie, that'd be fun once a year, twice a year, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that'd be cool. Uh, other than that, man, I don't know. You know, I'm having a lot of fun. You have have any, like at this point, you have any taboos, like no, no's exactly. I won't be doing this. Well, I don't do like poop. Right. You know, I in our house mm-hmm. we just have we don't have many rules, but one of the rules is poop goes in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Chris and I would agree with that one, right, Chris? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, it goes in, and it's not. It just goes there. That's right. where it goes. It doesn't go anywhere else. <laughs> right. Um, and my cats don't listen. Their they their poop goes in the box, and sometimes they break that rule and they poop just a little bit outside of the box. <laughs> but that's about the level of tolerance I have for poop. I like I just, you. you know, let's just try to keep it working. I got you. So that's, I don't want to can't share anybody, but that's just where I, what your thing is. That's right. where I am. Um, I do, I get in a little trouble. I'm kind of picky about body types with my productions. Okay. Um, and I don't, man, I have, there's so much money and I have so much respect for BBW porn because yeah. Those ladies kill it. I mean, they make so much money. And I wish they got the respect <laughs> that they deserve. Yeah. Um, like at events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They kind of get pushed aside sometimes, uh, which sucks. And it breaks my heart to see that. But at the same time, my sites are all their body type focused. Like Sweet Femdom is ladies that look, that have thin waists and big hips. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it, it, they specifically look good in leotards and pantyhose. Yeah. You know? Um, so I'm not going to budge out of that body type for that. Well, and I, I get a little trouble for that. People say, well, why don't you shoot mm-hmm. the bigger girls too? And I'm like, because it's, it's, that's not the site. Yeah, it's, it's just not, not your preference. It's, it's I mean, that's, a, you know, that's, um, that's a fine thing too. I think we, we in, in trying to be, you know, um, in trying never to exclude people and make everybody feel good, right? We also have to realize that it's okay to have a preference. It's okay to, to yeah. for, for a site or whatever it is to have only – a certain kind of people if that's the site's about. There's no, nobody's saying that the other people can't do what they want and we're not we're not even saying we're not attracted to them. We are. It's just that it's fine to have a preference and it's fine to have a thing that you know works for you. Just, yeah, and it's, it's tricky. I look at it a lot. It's not the kind of thing where I, I wouldn't get in an argument over someone with that. Like if someone's like, every time someone's like, you should shoot bigger girls, I actually consider it. I'm like, yeah. Should I? Maybe I should. I, am I doing the wrong thing here? I don't know. And I, I'm constantly thinking about it. But it, like in other issues, like race stuff, um, I've never even considered someone's race. Uh, I actually, the only time I do is if I'm shooting, if all my shoots for like a couple months in a row happen to be all white people. Yeah. I, I look, I'm like, okay, this look, it just is bad look. It's like, dude, it looks like you only shoot white people. Yeah, so okay. let me look for diversity. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, so mm-hmm. I try to get some diversity yeah, in there, sense. but I never don't book someone because they're black or Asian or, or whatever. Right. Um, but that's, but so I, but then with body types, I do put my feet down. So I, it's something I think about. I'm like, man, am I being fucked up? But, uh, <laughs> but again, I just, I don't think the members of my site, I mean, in, in the end of the day, I work for the members of my site. They're my bosses. Mm-hmm. There's like 2000 bosses basically yeah. that are members of my sites. And, um, if they joined because a certain body type gets them off and then I switch that up on them, that's kind of a dick move. Yeah. Um, so, but Mm -hmm. if, if they said, I don't like that you, like I I did a shoot where I, a a gay scene and, and I, uh, I long story short, I had a black Superman, like Mm -hmm. the the model was black and I put him in a Superman suit. I didn't even think about it other than I thought his body would look hot in the suit. Yeah, right. Because, <laughs> again, I'm thinking I'm still thinking about muscle, yeah. body types, like his big dick bulging in the suit. Like, yeah. I'm not even thinking about Superman is white. Yeah, like, I, I just, wouldn't even. on my radar. Um, <laughs> and then some members and some bloggers were like, well, you can't do that. Superman's white. What the way? You can't do that. Uh, and that 
I, I do. I'm like, fuck off. Like, yeah, if you're right. gonna quit my site, just quit my site. You've got no. I don't care what you think. But, um, but so I don't know. It's a thing, right? It's a question I ask myself. I don't have like an opinion yeah. in stone yet on that. But it's a, it's a thing uh, to think about. But you're going by your gut, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, what else you got? You got something else for for Lance? You had a couple other choice little questions in your in your noggin. <laughs> Well, I'm just having a blast. I mean, this is really, really wonderful, Lance. Thank you so much. I mean, you know, probably like, you know, the only thing I can think of is actually not quite the future, but do you have any particular like experiences you've had, you know, performing that you really were like a favorite where things just kind of worked out perfectly? Man, I don't, there's been a bunch, honestly. Uh, when I used to work at kink.com a lot, back when they shot in San Francisco in the big armory, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's just so many good, there's a lot of okay days, but there was, a, there was a, over a dozen just mind-blowingly really cool days, you know, um, where, uh, like we did, my friend Madeline did a, um, it wasn't a parody, it was more like a nod to the movie Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. it was like you know one of those cult movies, and it was just cool. We we did some some pickups of the shoots outside. We had extras on the set. They rented a car for it, and like outfits were cool. And it was just like, man, what a fun day! And everybody was like having a great time. It was mm-hmm. great. And then um, there's a bunch of cool days like that. And then uh, uh, and then for my own productions, I've just I've had a blast making uh, like the, the gay Spider-Man parody. I did it wasn't really a parody; just it was a movie with gay Spider-Man in it. Um, <laughs> which fun and just silly. And I've, I've, most of my shoots, some part of it is just ridiculously fun. Right. Um, the last shoot I did, I did a buy shoot, and uh, um, we just had some really silly ass moments, and it was really cool. I, I really I, I like sketch comedy. I've always loved sketch comedy. I'm not funny enough to do it, mm-hmm. but so I pretend that I'm a sketch comedy guy in my porn right. like when I'm directing it. And, uh, and sometimes I'll like tweet the, the, I, I don't do this anymore, but when I was newer, I would like tweet the preview, like the trailer to like one of my, like one of the kids in the hall guys. Mm-hmm. And then, and they just ignore it. They're like, geez, I don't want to see your porn, you know, <laughs> probably, but, but those are like my heroes, like the kids in the hall, the state, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, there's a bunch of picnic face, those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I just, I get off on their stuff so hard. So I'm like, uh, I wish I could do that for a living, but yeah. I, I'm not funny enough. So I just try to do it in porn. But when we have a funny day, I really enjoy it. You know, we well, you know it's funny because Chris and I are, are no kink very well. We, we visited the armory mm-hmm. a couple of times. Chris used to live in San Francisco and, uh, that's yep. a pretty, that's a pretty high endy classy, you know, um, organization. You know, you could see, you could mm-hmm. see how, their stuff comes across really, really amazingly, you know? So, yeah, and it didn't, it didn't start that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's funny cause it, it's, it started as Peter, the owner, um, just shooting in shitty motels, mm-hmm. just being a pervert, like a guy with a camera, just doing <laughs> creepy shit. In motels. And it, it, he had a lot of money, so that helped yeah. him make it different. But, um, but that's where it started, and then it ended up. They at one point owned the San Francisco Armory. Yeah, like that's, old, that's we've been there. We've loved that. It was place. a military mm-hmm. base. Yeah, it's a cool place, right? It, and it was like a castle. It was yeah. cool as fuck. And uh, very cool. I don't place. know if there'll ever be anything like that again. I don't before. think so either. I mean, that, I, for a while, I fantasy when I lived in Tampa, they have these old cigar factories mm-hmm. that are abandoned, and uh, that was like my fantasy at the time. And you could buy them for at the time for like two million bucks. You right. could buy a abandoned cigar. And then like castles. It's like a little mini armory. And yeah. uh and I would just always drive by them and be like, one day that'll be like my little mini armory. <laughs> right, right. Um now watching everything Kinks had to go through with that experience, yeah. I'm like, that's stupid. I'm never gonna do that. Because it's just you're a target. You're just a giant. Yeah, you're a cool ass porn castle, but you're a target. Yeah, so no like kidding. everybody who hates porn, mm-hmm. they know where you live. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, it's a big place. So everybody's attacking. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's just terrible. So I, I don't know, but that would be so cool to have a little. Sometimes I think about buying like a neighborhood, mm-hmm. like like as a goal. I couldn't do that now, but like as a goal, maybe not in definitely not in California, but in a, a cheaper area. Mm-hmm. You know, buying a cul-de-sac mm-hmm. of just houses, small houses, and making, you know, putting a wall around it and right. making that a little porn compound. Right, you yeah, know? gotcha. But oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> that'd be cool, right? I think that would be a hoot. I wish I already had that for COVID. Yeah, yeah. Because 
then I could just move in people I trust yeah. and be like, hey, let's make all the porn. We want, yeah, definitely. You know, like <laughs> safely. But uh, I think that would be awesome. But I don't know if I'll, I mean, that takes, you got to be a bajillionaire to do that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But that'd be neat. I think if someone did that, you know. Lance, let's, let's give a shout out to Penny Barber. Are you working with her yet? Yeah, I've, I've hired her twice, three times, maybe twice or three times. She's amazing. She's a little hottie, boy. <laughs> She's, yeah, Chris, have you have you seen any Penny Barber stuff on Clips for Sale or any of that? I don't stuff? think so. I don't think she's, it's something that's crossed by she's radar. She's a lot of fun, man. She she does a lot of, uh, well, the stuff I've seen, she does a lot of, um, like, mommy stuff and, you know, like, diapering. and. But she's a hoot and a half, man. And I, I, I was reading Lance's <laughs> stuff, and I saw that you worked with her. She's great, Lance. She's really one of those people. Oh, man. she's really great. I actually just during the pandemic, uh, the quarant when the quarantine was full lockdown, I yeah. hired her to direct four scenes for me. Uh -huh. um, so I just basically she directed four sweet from down scenes at home with her partner, okay. and I just I just bought the content from her, and uh, and they're good, man. She's she's really good. Oh, yeah, that too. It's, she's really at the making her own porn and performing. Yeah, um, she's she's great. She's really great. Yeah, so it's wonderful. Totally. Lance, do me a favor before we get off here. Just um, slowly give out uh, the places people can find you because I'm gonna I'll after when this airs I'll put up the blog and everything about it and put it in print, but. When the listeners, I want the listeners to hear you say it so they can find you. Cool. Uh, the easiest thing is just pervout.com. Um, and that's, it's a work in progress, but right now it's because uh, I'm having a redone. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's my one pager that has all the shit I do. Spell so it, Lance. Like, Let's spell links it for to us. my Instagram, my websites, my DVD lines, okay. other sites I model for. Everything's all on one page. Pervout.com. Spe spell that for us, okay? Uh, P E R V O U T. Okay, so that's how people like, can per, find like pervert, but perv out. Okay, so that's how people can easily and quickly find you. Yeah, and all my social media is yeah. on there. Twitter is Lance Hart Fetish. Instagram until I get shut down again is Lance Hart Official. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, but those are the main things. It, it, that's the perv out link links out to everything. Well, I I can't. We really can't thank you enough for doing this. I mean, it was. Uh, it's so cool to talk to somebody who's who's just going ahead and doing their thing in in, in a lot of different ways, you know. I think that's really neat, mm -hmm. you know. Well, thanks, man. It's been fun. Yeah, we're really great. And uh, I will get all this stuff to you so you can find what we you know when we put the episode up. Chris, you got anything else for Lance last month? Last I just want to thank you, Lance. This is wonderful. I had a blast. This is really, really wonderful. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Lance. You take care, okay? We'll talk. We'll, we'll be in touch soon with you. All right, man. You guys take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Chris, that was Lance Hart, man. That was what wonderful. Do you think about that, that was fantastic. <laughs> he's I mean, cool. I'm just like floored. I'm just blown away. I mean, like we could have probably talked for hours. Oh, he's a I mean, cool dude, man. He's done like everything. And I really love his attitude. I mean, it's like, you know, trans-inclusionary. It's just like, you know, doing what he wants to do. I mean, that's really was a lot, well, was what a, a real blast. What, you know, like really cool. Like now, before we go any further, because we had Lance on for almost a half an hour, let me just tell everybody, you're at Licking Non-Vanilla with me, Ralph Greco Jr., and M. Christian. We call him Chris. His friends call him Chris. You have to call him Sir. Um, <laughs> and we were just talking to Lance Hart, who was a very, very interesting guy. Um, and uh, porn star, it's just adult star extraordinary. He seems to be into everything, right? He just uh, mm -hmm. doesn't seem to kind of... Uh, he, I guess he has a preference, but he seems to to be a pretty equal opportunity with everybody he wants to wants to mm -hmm. work with, and I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Now he, I think, I think we mentioned that you know, I think his production is in Vegas. I don't, I'm just sure I don't exactly. know where he is. You know, I don't know. Um, I know that he was talking about Forgot cake. To ask him. <laughs> you know, he's talking about uh -huh. cake, and Chris and I have talked about that before. That was in San Francisco, a big yep. armory. And they did what Lance was saying. They did a lot of kink stuff, which is uh, niche. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, women women on top and, you know, uh, dom women. And uh, they had, like, outside humiliation stuff. And, I mean, they had, they, oh, yeah. they had a, you know. But like Lance alluded to, you know, when you have money, money helps to, to grease the wheels in some ways to that mm -hmm. stuff. But the problem is also, like he said, you open yourself up to a lot of, like, attacks because they were mm -hmm. so out there and visual. To people you know mm -hmm. um but um, absolutely well you know it's interesting too he he touched on something that i think i think should be and you tell me chris how you feel about this but maybe it should be kind of um 
explored a little bit more. And, you know, in the, in this culture and the way you and I try to include everybody in our lives, right? We don't care what people, if, mm-hmm. if, if you're an asshole, we don't care. You, you're an asshole. It doesn't matter what your color is, what your sex is, right? You could be an asshole no matter what, right? So <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, so basically, mm-hmm. we we just kind of like everybody until they are not nice to us. We don't care what they are. Mm-hmm. And Lance was saying there that he just has a preference when his shooting and his audience mm-hmm. is expecting a certain body type of woman that he mm-hmm. deals with that he shoots. Um, but he said, "Good, oh God bless the BBWs," and he loves BBWs, mm-hmm. and that's great too. So I, it's funny because it's okay. I think in your sex life and in your, you know, just life life to have a preference, right? It's fine to say, you know what? I really have a preference for that body type that turns me on. It's Mm -hmm. not that I, that's not that I I think no one else cannot be attractive. It's just not what I want. And that's what Lance was talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a healthy thing to say, there, there's because then if we notice the differences in people, that's wonderful, right? We say, well, it's great. They're that mm-hmm. and they're this and they're this and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't heard anybody put it that way that, hey, you know what? This works for me personally. And this also works for my audience. And that's what I shoot mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like, I mean, I agree with you, but I, I also think it's like, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, per, it's a personal enterprise. It's a personal preference. And he's not saying that, BBWs or anybody for that matter are not necessarily good. It's just not his preference. Um, so I think that's kind of like, it's a very fuzzy line that we can definitely get into the whole ethics of this. And it's really complicated, especially these, you know, right now it's really important to be inclusive and respectful and tolerant and really yeah. be trying to make the world a better place. But at the same time, it's also like, you know, if it's your preference, you know, um, just as long as I don't think, I think, I mean, I'm mumbling here like crazy because it's a very complicated subject. I want to make sure that, you know, that once again, try and be as inclusive and supportive and understanding as possible. Um, You know, so I think it's like, it's one of those situations where, you know, it's like you can have a preference, but it doesn't mean you should put down anybody else. Right, of course. So it's like, you know, he never said these people are bad. That's why I don't have them. It's like, this is just what my preferences, what my, you know, people expect. So I think that's like, you know, that's definitely an, an issue um you know around that it's mm-hmm. like you know there there is like a set personal preference because it's interesting because i love bbws that's my my that's my particular thing um so it was interesting when he was talking about that because i wanted to go hey yeah right <laughs> but he wasn't like saying they're bad people or they're you know whatever he was just saying that this is just he respects them but it's not something his his particular you know audience was looking for um so i think that's just like you know that's just kind of like you know sort of a question that you know, that I think he kind of addressed quite well. But, yeah, it's a very complicated kind of thing. But, yeah, I think as, lo- as long as you're just like, you know, and, again, this is coming from somebody who is, you know, cisgender Caucasian and, you know, and inherent privilege and all that. But I think it's also that, you know, as long as you're not, like, you know, trying to, like, label or put down or discriminate against someone based on predispositions, um, but I, mean, I think he handled it quite well. So I have to say it's really yeah. quite admirable. Yeah. Because there is a difference between prejudice and, and preference. And, and exactly. And that, and that, and prejudice is when you go, like you're saying, you go that extra mile where you go, okay, mm-hmm. this is my preference, but you can't have that preference that you have. And not only mm-hmm. that, if you do, it's wrong and mm-hmm. you're lesser because of that and what you are mm-hmm. that I don't like. So, mm-hmm. so that all makes sense. You know I mean? I think that, yeah. you know, but, and I think it's also more if he had said, you know, if he had made the same kind of comment about you know, like African Americans or something like that, I would definitely be a much more alarm bells. Um, though it still also could be argued that, you know, it's like there's still it's like you could be more open to like different possibilities. I mean, just because one, I think it's always a good idea anyway because it keeps things interesting. Yeah. If you only have one particular thing, I mean, preference or not, I mean, yes, I particularly like BBWs, but that doesn't mean that's the only thing I find attractive. Um, so sometimes it's kind of interesting. I think it's really good, you know, kind of like creatively and spiritually to also say, you know, we're doing a lot of this, let's shake things up or let's try something different because then it can really kind of open your eyes to new experiences. But again, it's a, something that I think is more of a recommendation than everyone should do something. Um, because everybody's on their own different path and all that. Well, also, and you and I, you know, you, you and I've lived long enough to know that, okay, this is what I want on paper, right? This is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. Here's the list, you know, 
and then somebody comes along and just gobsmacks you. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. they don't fall into any of these categories, but mm-hmm. I dig this person mm-hmm. and I could for life you tell you why because they don't they don't fit mm-hmm. the one through ten list, you know? They're the oh, opposite of that, right? And Exactly. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, time. not to get too much into the hairy details, but you know, once again, I have a preference of like, you know, big ladies. That's just my my thing. Yeah. Um but at the same time, I also consider myself, you know, you know, pretty, you know, also queer inclusive because I would definitely not kick like Ian McKellen or Stephen Fry out of bed. Right. Um, but it's only because I like them as people. It's just sort of like a combination of emotion as well as attraction because yeah. right. I consider myself sapiosexual, which is somebody who's attractive to someone by their who they are more than the body type. But like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, of of certain things. And the other day I find myself actually going, you know, that's actually pretty cool. So, you know, it's kind of that kind of like expanding your horizons a little bit, just being open to things and just yeah. being, you know, experimental. Because it doesn't work, big whoop. It doesn't work. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean anyone's wrong. It just means it didn't work. Yeah. And 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 you know, and and as you get older, I guess, you you like to think that you notice and recognize more of the nuances in the world, right? And you go, wow, mm-hmm. I never thought about mm-hmm. that when I was 20, but now that I'm 40, that's pretty interesting. Or I can mm-hmm. see how that could be attractive. I'm still not attracted to it, but I can see how mm-hmm. that could be attractive. And and then mm-hmm. and then there's, you know, like he was talking about poopy, and uh, there are hard and fast <laughs> rules that I think I've had since I was, a, you know, just first in my sexual awareness to now, but I have mm-hmm. not changed. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think like he was, Lance was saying, you know, he, he thinks poopy should be in the toilet and, uh, <laughs> we've had this discussion because I think when we were, Chris and I are, are in the throes of getting a, uh, nonfiction book out of how to, mm-hmm. and part of it is about straight sex and part of it is about kink. And when you go into kink, you, you sometimes go into the world of, uh, water sports, which could be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, golden showers, which is people peeing on each other sex- for sexual gratification or or such, and and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, then there's poopy in there, and there's there's vomit, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And like mm-hmm. Chris and I always say, that's great, that whatever you're into, you know, as long as you're safe and consenting. But mm-hmm. I would say, exactly. I would exactly. say those type of things fall into my things I didn't never do and things I won't ever do category. So I haven't changed mm-hmm. on some hard and fast rules. What do you think about that? Oh, I think definitely. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, there's certain things like, you know, some things I find myself like when I first started out, like you mentioned before, and you're young and you're, you know, sometimes you're worried and you're kind of like self-conscious. So you, you put these rules in place and then as you get older, those rules kind of like kind of fade away sometimes depending on what's going on. Um, Cause I'm always like turned on by my partner being turned on. So unless yeah. it's something that really kind of feels like really like a button pusher or something that is like, you know, really dangerous. I'm pretty much open to almost anything. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, one of my big things is, you know, I mean, you know, you know, scat plan and so forth is definitely on the list. I haven't really done a lot with it. Right. Um, is needles and piercings. I mean, it's just like that freaks me the frick out. I mean, that's just like um I've even though I've gotten pierced, I've gotten play pierced and I've gotten cut before, it's not something that's really on my you know, pursue and this is something I really need or or you know desire. Um, but again, it's like, maybe I just have the right experience yet, but you know, particularly in needles, which I have a needle phobia anyway, which is like, you know, I'm the kind of guy that when I go to the, um, the doctor, get my blood drawn, it's like, I might pass out just to let you know. Um, you know, so, um, but yeah, I think sometimes it's like, you know, as you get older, you start to open yourself up, hopefully open yourself up a little bit more and just, you know, sort of say, like you said, perfectly, it's like, as long as it's safe, sane and consensual, um, then, you know, more power to you. Yeah. Um, because that's, once again, it's like, you know, you know, one of the, I'm not to sound on my soapbox here, but one of the big issues I have with Western culture is we don't allow people to make mistakes or to try and decide that's not for me. We always kind of think things have to work perfectly. And mm-hmm. it's like, I got news for you, like anything. I mean, we're talking before about writing. I mean, it's like, you don't know what you're, if you're good at something until you try, you don't know what's going to be arousing until you try, give it a shot. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with deciding, you know, I gave it a shot and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think that if if you, like, we, when you talk about needles, it's funny because we, we've come across this in the teaching because in some of the classes mm-hmm. we've, t- we've, we've, we've taught, um, you can take the extension of what we're talking about into needle play. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking especially like tit torture. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I know for a fact in those classes, 
as as we're ramping up and people are getting a little bit more into what Chris is talking about and he's showing, you know, some some implements and things you can make at home and what to do. And you could see people or some people are on the edge of their seat. They want to talk about bond, bond, binding and they want to talk about needle mm -hmm. play. And, and Chris is always good to say, wait, wait, you know, just to let you know, you can do all that stuff. But I can't advise you on needle play because it's something I'm not into. So um, mm -hmm, if you're mm -hmm. looking for that, great. But that's just not my thing. And I think that I think that we, we are like you said, it's good to be open, but it's also good to be informed by the things that we just don't do. And that because mm -hmm. then then you don't you don't get yourself into a sticky wicket, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we, nobody, exactly. want, nobody likes sticky wickets. Um, I, I rather exactly you know. sticky wickets are not good. Sticky <laughs> wickets, you know, I mean, it's like I've had my I've had my wicket sticky several times. You and have it's never been pleasant. <laughs> you're I mean, you're a like well known you, ex sticky wicketer, but uh, exactly, you get the lint all over I it. I hate that. Don't you hate when that happens? It. I mean, it's, it's just it's like just, oh, yeah. just, you know, lint is just you know, it's like oh, oh it gets all it. over, I mean, you know. Exactly, exactly. And that plucking hairs. Oh, and, and, like, yeah, ah, and then you got like, then, you then you, you go then if you brush by another sticky wicket, then it's just you know you're mm -hmm. you're attached for good and exactly. Then you worry. It's like, where the hell did that hair come from? I'm not blonde. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's just you know, and especially in a the the world of of that we truck in, whether we we personally get there or we teach about it or we write about it, you know, um, keeping an open mind, even if you're not going to do the thing, is always good mm -hmm. because you're going to come up against certainly at king conventions. Chris and I have walked through dungeons where people are doing a, a, a multitude of different stuff. And mm -hmm. I would say 90% of that stuff is stuff we have neither tried nor want to try. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that we, you know, we, we, you know, we throw our hands up in disgust. We just say, well, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. You know, you just have to, but you just have to be a little bit, I think just a little bit accepting and tolerant. If, if we could just, you know, sully forth to that all the time air on the side mm -hmm. of that it's never a bad thing <laughs> yep yep and, and the same with experimentation i mean it's like there's several things i'd like to try before i finally kick this mortal coil right i just haven't had the opportunity and right now it's like you know just yeah. even t making physical contact with another human being is impossible right um let alone and you know trying to expand your sexual horizons but you know right. i definitely have things on my list i would be open for with the right person um it's just you know, a matter of time, effort, energy, and, you know, just luck to find people. But yeah, I think it's, it's like, just as long as you allow people to have their own, you know, their own pleasures, as long as once again, safe, sane, and consensual, right. um, then, you know, absolutely go for it. I would never say don't, you know, unless it wasn't safe, sane, and consensual. Yeah. Um, and he said before, it's like, you know, it, it's not something that rings my bell, but I wouldn't keep anyone else or even, you know, be negative hopefully not, you know, consciously or unconsciously, like with the microaggressions. I mean, that's not something, that's something I really never want to, you know, do, but, mm. you know, just as long as you're just like, you know, open-minded and allow people to live their lives and support them in their decisions, it may not be yours, but it's your right to do it. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the kinks that we talk about on this show and that King, Chris and I have either, a lot of things we've seen, um, they don't, they don't have on the, uh, um, on the outside, they don't have it. Uh, sometimes they don't have a sexual component to them, mm -hmm. and that's another thing that people have to consider when in when you're doing a, for want of a better term, a non-vanilla activity. That some mm -hmm. of those activities don't seem at first blush sexual, as as opposed to mm -hmm. even something like a spanking. Mm -hmm. You can say, well, okay, someone's bare hand hitting someone else's bare bottom. There's mm -hmm. there's a tactile, you know. Um, sense there and i can understand how you could even if you're not into spanking you say well i can understand how that raises some sort of heat there it mm -hmm. makes sense mm -hmm. but in in a in a kind of a quote-unquote normal way and i'm using that as a very broad term but there are other things that you and i've seen um and i'm not going to say them because i don't want to call anybody out but there's things that we've mm -hmm. seen that have no almost no sexual component to them they have mm -hmm. a comfort component or they have a maybe a role play component or uh, a dress component, but they don't mm -hmm. on the on the outside they don't have a sexual component, mm -hmm. and um, and that happens often in the kink world. And those are things that personally I have to sit and think about. Okay, what's the, how's what's that satisfying in that person? 
because they're not mm-hmm. they're they're not orgasming right then or they're not having a spanking or they're not bound and they feel the constriction there's something going on of course mm-hmm. and i think in those instances it's a it's certainly a psychological um component mm-hmm. that's satiating them which can lead to foreplay can lead to an orgasm may not at mm-hmm. all but and in those instances, that's when you really have to be, okay, wait wait a minute. I don't get this, but that doesn't mean it's not good. And mm-hmm. I don't see it being mm-hmm. sexual at all, but that doesn't mean it's not. You just have to say, okay, well, maybe it is somehow for this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, many things might appear on the surface not be sexual, but there's always kind of something going on there, emotional or even like sexual, but in a not directly sexual kind of contact or sensual, or it's part of one big long sort of like, you know, erotic, you know, encounter, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, back when I was doing more BDSM play, it was like, you know, sex was a component, but it wasn't the whole thing because I was a 24 hour, you know, property belonging to somebody, you know, it was like the whole 24 hours was part of a whole erotic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it really wasn't, even though sex was a component, it wasn't like a, you know, something that happened all the time. So it was like, just doing that whole relationship was its own form of, you know, sexual, you know, not to say foreplay, but sexual encounter. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting how that works because again, it's like, sometimes it has to do with, you know, like power dynamics. Sometimes yes. it has We're to do with that. like, because you get turned on being submissive or you get turned on being dominant or you get turned on being able to be fluid. I mean, there's all kinds of different, you know, possibilities and everyone's very wired differently. Some people it's kind of an intellectual kind of thing that there's a, sexual components sometimes it's very emotional and then you have also the sensory kind of things because you know people are wired very differently as far as like their their nerve responses go to different stimuli so remember this is way back when and um, i apologize for the war story mm-hmm. back when i was married living in san francisco in the 90s um i was married and um my wife and i did a class on play piercing which you can imagine i definitely was sitting in the back like you know going like i don't want to watch this i don't want right, to right. um but um, she got her nipple pierced, and a friend got her nipple pierced at the same time. And when my wife's got hers pierced, she orgasmed, you mm-hmm. know, from this from the experience. The other friend said, "Is it done yet?" Yeah. See, so <laughs> there you go. Perfect example. <laughs> exactly. It's like so someone's reaction to something could be very different depending yeah, on. Absolutely. And sometimes it's also emotional component because if you get turned on enough, something can be processed very differently. So it's very you know wild and woolly. Yeah, and and I think like you know because we. I was just, I think this actually was in one of the, this is one of the articles I just wrote re- recently wrote for Bridget and uh, Chris and I, we talked to Bridget before on the show and we also write consistently for hotmovies.com. There's a little shout out for our, our buddy Bridget. And um, <laughs> I, they, they just acquired a, a, a new spanking studio. So she needed some spanking stuff. So I wrote a couple spanking articles and in one of the things I, I said you know there is a there is a component to that kink i keep coming back to that kink but there is a component to that kink that like chris just said there's a power dynamic sometimes a couple has mm-hmm. and sometimes they get into that activity um as a way of as a real way of um of discipline you know one person mm-hmm. disciplines the other and mm-hmm. and you know keeps on them for transgressions or as a comeuppance and like chris said that doesn't necessarily look sexual on the outside it looks like mm-hmm. this one mm-hmm. person is the disciplinarian in the, in the relationship um they call it sometimes a female-led relationship or a male-led relationship and um mm-hmm. but in that mix could very well be a very deep sexual component either acted upon later or not at all or gives the mm-hmm. whole thing a heightened sense. And mm-hmm. um, and this happens across the board in a lot of activities, sexual activities or bedroom activities or relationship activities that are not even, that you would even call kink or non-vanilla. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, I mean, you name the, you name the gender expression, you name the fluidity. There's always like some, there, there could be any kind of like, you know, con- combination. And yeah. Sometimes it can be very fluid too. It can be very you know, changing on a dime, so to speak. Yeah. But right. I mean, once back, back to quick little war stories, back when I was in this relationship, I mean, at one point, you know, uh, you know, physical punishment was part of it and I'm not a masochist. So for me, it was like, if it turned my partner on, it turned me on, though I didn't get immediate pleasure out of it. 
And I raised that, you know, to the person I was playing with, and their response was that the the experience wasn't for my you know, enjoyment; it was for you know, it for it was for my owners. And that was kind of like a little kind of eye opener that it was really kind of like that kind of, you know, not in a negative light, but it's just like kind of put it in perspective that it wasn't really being done for, you know, my enjoyment it was being done for theirs. Right. Um, so once again, like, but then that's just, that's just the account experience I had, but mm -hmm. you know, it'd be exactly, it's like, it'd be very, very, you know, you know, very, you know, fluid and very ambiguous or working it out because sometimes it's like, it's periodic. Sometimes it's 24 seven, sometimes it's over duration. Sometimes it's only a certain component, you know, like sex or maybe physical play or all kinds of different aspects. So it's pretty much once again, as long as, as long as it's done safe, standing consensually go for it. Yeah. And like, and Chris just mentioned something too, which is a good point. You know, these things also have a way of changing over time, even if you're in the relationship mm -hmm. with the same person and then all sudden, and then, or it's a kink you like to do and you do it differently or not at all with another person. It's always mm -hmm. good. I guess it's back to the same point we're trying to make, which is be open to your, your own experiences or your own thoughts and feelings because they can change all the time. I mean, it constantly changes. Mm -hmm. And what you liked yesterday may not be what you like tomorrow or today. And mm -hmm. what you like with this one person, because this one person gave you that kind of idea or turned you on that way, this other person might not at all. So mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, uh, we could we'll, maybe we'll just wrap it up here with that thought that just stay as open as possible to your experiences mm -hmm. and, and allow everybody else theirs, right? Exactly. I couldn't put it better myself. I completely agree. It's like, you know, you don't have to be anything unless it's, you know, what you decide it is. That's true about you know, orientation, mm -hmm. sexual interests, or gender. I mean, you, you know, you can change it as much as you like. I mean, you know, all these things are just social constructs and they can be, you know, they, we have the power now, I mean, now, but we have always had the power, but now we're, you know, getting this kind of self-empowerment to be able to say that. It's like, you know, I, I am self-defined and, mm -hmm. and same thing with your interests. Just, you know, you are who you are and that's beautiful and wonderful. And same thing as what you're interested in, as long as it's self-standing consensual. And that goes the same way for anybody else. So yeah. you, you never have the right to tell someone don't do something once again, unless it's like non-consensual. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. Well, you have spent or wasted, depending on your point of view, <laughs> uh, another almost hour at Licking Non Vanilla with me, Ralph Greco Jr. and Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian. And uh, we want to thank Lance Hart very much. Yes, and, that was delightful. And the lovely Erica for, for making that connection. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll give you a blog about the show before it goes up, so we give you all the information. And uh, Perv Out is where you can find them. <laughs> and, um, you know, Crystal, I think the last thing we should leave with is you can't be yourself, be Batman. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's the one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, as always, it was a one. It was a wonderful time. Always. Always, Robbie. And we'll, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on Licking Non-Vanilla. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com.